What do you want to tell about his birthday? He was born. What year is it? He was born. He grew up in 1982. Oh, you're a long way. I think it's corner. 30. So the big 3-0. Is it a Hebrew birthday or the English? Hebrew birthday was yesterday. The English is tomorrow. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that part. So it means we have to sit until after midnight. Okay, we are on. Good evening. Bruchem Haboyim B'Shem Hashem. Merachnuchem Beis Hashem. Tonight we are celebrating the bridging of the birthday, birthdays of uh, Yoel, a dear friend. Um... From Ms. Mashir, Chanukah Sabayas the David, which was a relatively easy paragraph. You're graduating to Lamed Aleph, Bechal Hashem Chasis Alevesh Elam. And it's quite long, quite that much longer. But the bottom line is, Levesh Elam, never be shamed. And that you should find success in everything that you do, and blessings in everything you do, especially that what you do for Klal Yisrael. The fact when you help and what you do should continue. God should give you koyach, strength, time, more importantly, money to be able to cover all these mitzvahs. Um, actually, they found a famous story of the Magid that only had a speech for the Pasha of Kairach. Kairach, who we all know went to war with Moshe Rabbeinu, and the earth ultimately opens up and swallows him. This is a very profound portion of the Torah for a Magid. The Magid were people, unbelievable. The Magid were people that would come around and give people Musr, they would tell people what they're doing wrong and how to fix the thing themselves. This Magid only had a speech for Pashas Kerach. And it always fit Pashas Kerach because that was the best time to give reprimand. Time came once that he was invited to on a Pashas Noyach to speak, to give his drasha, his Magid, to give his reprimand, his Musr. But he had no speech, but he had no choice but to go. If not, he'll never get another job again. And so he shows up, and he's very, very nervous, and he had to speak before Musaf. And there he's standing before Musaf, and he's sweating profusely, and he takes out his handkerchief to wipe his face. He has nothing to say, really. And he puts the handkerchief on the stander, and it slides off to the ground. And it slides, it hits the ground, and he gets all upset with the handkerchief. And he curses at it. He says, you should go with Kairach and all his people into the ground. <laughs> and he says, we're talking about Kairach already. And then he spoke his speech about Kairach. Um, so we have to make a bracha first. And then we'll explain why we told that story. <laughs> we have to thank Nechamadina for a wonderful cake. Uh, freshly baked. Amen. Let's use the same thing. 
say You want the corner also? You're taking all the high over here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? over here. And um, mm-hmm. the truth be told, if it was a birthday year, it's of course that much more exciting. Whatever you want. is good. Because we can't get too drunk. There's nothing left in the battle. We're not taking out the other ones. Since, Moshe, what are you doing? <laughs> you stop it, please, now, because you're going to cause havoc on the thing. You're going to put him on hold. Okay. So like I'm in a better place. Believe me, I'm in a better place already. No, I'm in a better plan, <laughs> so we can see like a hundred people watching. In last week's Pasha, we spoke the visit that Al-Tarebbe had in jail. And how the general asked him, how could God have not known where Avram, where Adam Rishon was? Ayeka, he asks Adam Rishon, "Where are you?" I mean, and the Al Tareba says to him, "You are in the world so and so much time." Ayeka, where are you up to? Where are you holding in the world? And therefore, truthfully, it would have been much easier and would have been ideal a birthday last week because we could have spoken about Pasha Bereshis. But since we don't, you'd. You, you, did a little bit of a switch on us. We'll have to stick to Pashas Nayak. And we have to find the connection, of course, Pashas Nayak to a birthday and Pashas Nayak to us, our daily life. Listen, it's made for the Tkachtzat. Loshni Lola Tzedzah, when I'm going to say Shagam to give the Chaim. Does the Hebrew birthday always land on the same Pasha every year? No. No such luck. Pashas Noyach. As we know, Noyach is Tzadik, Tzadik, Tam Hayyab, the race of. Noyach was counted, considered a Tzadik, and Rashi goes on to the controversial issue was he indeed a Tzadik? Rashi says, in his generation he was a tzaddik. Then Rashi says, there are those that say, this is a little bit of an embarrassment really. Because in his generation he was a tzaddik, had he been in the generation of Avram Vinu, he would have been a nothing. We know that other, the Nayak is told to take the animals into the Teva. He's told to take the ones that are Tehera, that are clean. The Ace Asher Eneno Tehera. And those that are not clean. Now, truthfully, Tehera would have sufficed with the word Temea, unclean. But yet, the Tehera goes the length. Not to talk a word that's not so beautiful, saying Tomei, and Tera adds letters, adds words, Asher Einena Tera. So the question, of course, is 
why if the Torah is so careful about how it expresses itself about people, why would it then talk about the Gemnai, the embarrassment of our Neach? But the fact is, this teaches us the Indian and the Gay and the Maisa of what, how we have to behave. According to Chassidus, the Baal Shem Tov tells us when the Almighty says to Neach, Boy El Ateva, come to the ark. The Alter Rebbe explains it in Torah Er <coughs> that the idea of coming to the ark was to save him from the flood. The floods referred to, the Maim Rabbim referred to, the Tirdes Aparnosa, the Machshavis of Elam Hazer, all the troubles, the work, the daily work and the daily workload and all the other thoughts of the worldly things, not spirituality, anything that's not spirituality is considered these waters. Teva, the Baal Shem Tov said that Teva refers to another thing. The word Teva here in the Pasha refers to the actual Ark, but the word Teva in Hebrew means a word. What word was Neach told to come into? To the word of Terah and Tefillah. And by coming into this, the person can overcome all the obstacles that he needs to. A person can perhaps think, the fact that Neach was saved from the waters of the Mabel, because he went into the Teva, was only because he was a Tzaddik. But someone that's not in such a high level, who said he'd be saved from the waters of the flood by just going into Teda and Tefillah? In other words, a tzaddik finds refuge in his Teda, in his davening. A tzaddik sits to daven, this famous story of the Mazicha Magid, when he was davening, and his friend that he had gone to school, that he had learned with together by the Vashem, came by and also davened. But he saw, he noticed the Magid davens very extensive and very long. And he asked the Magid, what are you doing so long? So the Magid said, I'm davening. He says, but I also daven like you daven. I also learned all the thoughts and all the meditations that are necessary for davening. We come from the same school. Why does it take me half the time it takes you? And the Maggid said to him, what do you do for a living? He says, I sit and learn Taylor. He says, and your family supported how? My wife has a business. Lovely. Your wife's business, your wife works. And she supports you. Because you learn Taylor, because you're worthy. You're always, always, always learning. He says, well, one week a year, I go to Leipzig, to the marketplace. My wife, it's not proper for my wife. It's not sneers for my wife to go haggle and to bargain and to everything else. I go to the marketplace. So you go and you do the... Yeah. Let me ask you, says the market. It takes you a full week? He says, yeah, it takes about a day and a half to get there. About two days of, of buying and everything else. Another day and a half to get back. It's, it's pretty much a whole week. 
So you are deprived of sitting with your beautiful, loving Svarim, with your loving books of Teda? But I talk, I read it, but I remember in memorization while we're traveling. I have an Eitzah for you, says the Magid. I have an idea for you. Next time you have to get your merchandise. Next time you're supposed to go to Leipzig. You know the way to Leipzig? Of course I know the way. I'm going for years. You know what the marketplace looks like? Of course I've been going there for years. You know which merchants usually meet? Of course I do. Next time you have to go to the marketplace. Sit down by your table. Picture yourself getting on your wagon. Picture of yourself in journey. Picture all the beautiful scenery, the trees, the road. You probably remember every bump in the road as well. Picture yourself arriving into Leipzig, checking into your hotel. Picture yourself going to the marketplace and going to dealer to dealer, vendor to vendor. And then picture yourself making great deals. And then picture yourself on a journey back. This should take you about 25 minutes. And you'll be back learning Yisvarim. You'll save a whole week of Taylor learning. And all it'll cost you is 25 minutes. He looks at me and says, What are you, foolish? But I won't have the merchandise. Ah, says the Magid. <coughs> I daven with the same meditations you daven. I daven with the same explanations you daven. But I don't stop until I have the merchandise. Until I accomplish what I need to accomplish. So when it, maybe we want to say, Be'er would only work when the tzaddik sits down to pray. When the tzaddik sits down to learn. Let's get close, spade a spade. Watch a tzaddik sit and learn. And watch us sitting and learning. How, how can you compare the two? What is our learning anywhere near worth what the tzaddik sits and learns? That's why the Tater says, Rashi says here, because in the generation of Avram he would have been nothing. To teach us that not necessarily was he the darga of a tzaddik as we know it. And still in all, Be'al saved him. So the lesson is not to put down Noyach. The lesson is to show us that everyone has the potential to do this. And this message, of course, is the message of a Yemeladis, of a birthday. A person on a birthday takes stock. The job of a birthday is you sit and you take stock of what I've accomplished till now. What have I actually done? How far have I gotten? Now the truth is, I'm totally, totally ignoring the fact of who the birthday boy is simply because we already made him a eulogy two weeks ago. Um, <laughs> so we have to really... Uh, the first things first to say, the Chaim birthday boy. Chaim Admeev Esim, Langi Gezunti Yarin, Feilach Yarin, Shal Simchas, and we have by your next birthday, we should at least be celebrating a, a birthday of your child already also, one month birthday, two month birthday, whatever it might be. Well, no, it should be. Come on, David should send it. Chaim, Chaim. We'll be complaining about lack of sleep. Yeah.
הולך להתברך. אין אף תקפה. אבל אף כל זה בגלל אפרטמנט. אה? בגלל אפרטמנט. אבל זה לא בגלל אפרטמנט. If I have to open another bottle just for that brother, I'll do that too. Um, I admit, you just want to open the other bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's expensive. It's worth there for a good occasion. And, you know, a much better occasion than this is very hard to find. But we'll find. <coughs> so the message over here is that when the person looks into and does his soul search to look at his potential and look at what he could have done although a person feels accomplished I've done, I really did I did things, I got places I... but if you look back in retrospect how much time could I have learned Tata that I didn't what could I have done more than I'm not doing now the truth being told <laughs> from last last birthday to this birthday wow you have you have your your, your you know you need quickbooks <laughs> to take stock of what what you've accomplished yeah, over the year <laughs> wow okay um well a powerful a, po- a powerful version of it huh less than a year still. but in Yiddish the expression is as good as good as best and is better if good is good, isn't better better? And the way of Chassidus is we may not be satisfied with what we've accomplished. We have to always think ill of all. And I've told that story as well of the fellow that came once to his family. He was a Balshuva. And he came to visit his family. And he was explaining to his brother the concept of Il of Ol, that if you're climbing a mountain and you can't anymore, you feel you're just choked and you can't get another inch higher, you have to persevere and push yourself and drive yourself to go higher. You're not watching the Yankees lose there. Can you guys stop? No, they can't lose again tonight. They can't, that's what I'm saying, they can't lose again tonight. They'll have to wait tomorrow and then it's over. <laughs> then you'll stop, you'll, you'll wait till next year. Tomorrow. It's not over, it's playing a double edit. That's so the bottom line, he went and he and he heard yeah. this musag of il of ol of rising, how you one has to persevere to go higher and higher, and that was it. Time went on. The Balchuva went home back to Crown Heights and left his brother home. He left his brother home. And a few months later, on occasion, the brother came to visit him. <coughs> As the brother walked into his house, he saw a picture of the Rebbe hanging, and he started to shake. He says, what's the matter? He says, who is that? He says, that's the Rebbe. <coughs> we're going to go to Shul soon, we're going to see him in 770. Can't be. What do you mean, can't be? That's the Rebbe. So I'll tell you what happened. The night that you told me that parable, the marshal, of how a person's climbing a mountain, they have to persevere and push, go higher, I had a dream. 
I dreamt I was climbing a mountain and I was stuck. I could not get any higher, I couldn't get any further. And I'm looking and I see how much higher I still have to get and I couldn't go. This man came along and stood there waving his hand. And each time he waved his hand at me, I felt another injection of energy. And this propelled me to go up higher and higher to the top of the mountain. And this is what Yemaladis is all about. That a person says and talks and says, I have to keep persevering. The famous story by the Rebbe Rashab, of a fellow that Nebuch saw the light. He saw the light. Saw the light, unfortunately, meant communism, Zionism, any ism there is that <laughs> get him away from Judaism and Hasidism. <laughs> and he started Nebuch to, to follow into to follow wrong roads. And he joined up in a communist group and uh, it was going very well. This new free life was amazing for him. Father Nebuch, broken chassid, kept inviting and begging, inviting. Finally the father said to him, why don't you come to the Rebbe? Come to see the Rebbe. He says, you know what father, I'll come. On condition, I'm coming with two of my friends. Bring two friends. But they're not Jewish. Anything. You know, when it comes, this is about, the Altarebbe tells the Marshal of learning of Chassidus when he was asked why the Chassidus was being published, if it was going in the garbage, it was rolling in the streets. The Altarebbe said the Marshal of the king's son, the prince, that even if a drop goes in and saves him, he would sacrifice anything. And so here too, Father said, come with the Goyim, anything, just come to the Rebbe. Three of them came in half drunk, and they walked into the Rebbe, and as soon as they came in, the, the radiance of the Rebbe shook them in their boots. They literally practically sobered up from it. As they were standing in front of the Rebbe, the as they were standing in front of the Rebbe, the Rebbe looked at them, looked at him, and said, Um, yet. Um, Yet, whom? Yet, never look down. Which means it's him. No. Three times I've looked at him and said it's him. No. The three of them walked out, back out of the room because saw the Rebbe was not talking to them anymore. They started laughing hysterically. What a nutcase! What a what kind of performance was that? 
time went on, and he rose the ranks. He rose in the ranks, and he was enjoying the pleasures of communism, of freedom, and he was everyone's best friend, and things were going amazingly. And then one day he got the letter. The letter accusing him of treason and telling him to come in for investigation. He knew life's over. Nobody ever survives this. They decided if he takes his stuff and he tries to run, they'll catch him. So he just took the letter itself and he walked out the door and he made as if he's going <coughs> to the police station himself. He left town and he wandered. And he wandered in a concept of what's called Navanad. He spent never nary a night in the same place. Surely not two. And he ran from one town to another to another. Months went by. And he basically found himself always in the evening times near a shul. And he heard the davenings and he got the warmth from the shul and even sometimes a piece of bread sometimes a drink the main thing was sometimes he was able to sneak in for the night on a bench after months of running he found himself one day in a shop drinking tea and he's sitting there drinking the tea and suddenly two police officers walk by and they look in the window two soldiers actually and they look in the window and they see him sitting there and they take out a picture and they take out the picture and they look they take out the picture and they look and they take out the picture the third time they look and they realize this is him and they walk inside the shop and they're starting to get he's putting his head down and he's trying to hide as they walk inside the shop now leave it Leave it there, plug it in, plug it in there. And as they walk inside, they start getting closer, the doors fling open, and the superior officer comes running in. Here you are, you lazy bums, you. Hanging out in a tea shop is what you're doing. You're soldiers, you belong on the street. And they try to whisper to him so the guy shouldn't run away. This is him. And he takes the picture and he looks at the guy and he looks at the picture. He looks, um, yet. Um, yet. And he says it a third time. Then he hits the two soldiers on the head. Get out of here, you bunch of drunks. You don't know what you're talking about. This is not him. And he drove them out and he was saved. He saw at that point how the Rebbe in his Yechidis prepared his salvation by the Yechidus and here he was in any which way or form trying to have Shalom put down or blasphemed the Rebbe and we see therefore how the Tzaddik has the foresight of what needs to be done and when the Tzaddik goes teva, comes into the actual Teva the Tzaddik reaches ascertains Something that we ourselves, Taka, can't do. But still in all, 
The keys are ours. The Torah is ours to learn. The Tefillah is ours to say. And we have the power and potential to accomplish what we need to. We'll go back a little bit into the Pasha. We know that Neach was asked to build the Teva. I say the Teva is Atzegefer. And it's brought down that it took Neach 120 years to build the Teva. 120 years to build a thing that God told him to do. Why wasn't he involved in it totally and get it done? Permits. <laughs> Couldn't get the permits. Correct. <laughs> he had problems with the neighbors. He had lumber problems. <laughs> he had lumber problems. They, we know that it says in, in the Megillah, it says in Neach Me'evehem, how did Neach get into the Megillah? Because Neach needed long pieces of wood. Haman, Haman. Neach needed long pieces of wood for the Teva. And he knew that Haman was making one to hang Marachai. No. So he came to get... I'm driving, you're driving. So he came to get the wood from them. In the meantime, it was, Neach, it was Haman and his three sons against Neach. So it was a tug of war. And the three sons of Haman pulled Neach into the Teva. Into the, into the Megillah. That's how we got Neach Me'eveim into the Megillah. You're in shock because you don't know the story. <laughs> I was there. This is the wrong way. No, it's not. Haman <laughs> and his ten sons pulled Neach and his three sons into the Teva. You are saying Haman Yafes in the Megillah? <laughs> <laughs> so he pulled just Neach. They ran away. Oh, please. Surely in somewhere in a car. Selma's driving. And she's going through all the red lights. Shirley's getting petrified. And she says, Selma, you're going to get us killed. I said, how? You're going through all the red lights. She says, I'm driving? Selma, <laughs> 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 Shalom, Mr. Magoo. Baby! How many traffic lights and... Never mind, but now I know I'm driving, so... Please. The idea of a new year, a new year of a person's life, and a new year is Tavshinai and Gimel. When it comes to Tishrei, the month of Tishrei is full. It's non-stop action. Non-stop drinking, non-stop fabringing, non-stop... Davening non-stop. It's just, it's just on and on and on. No. If that's the case, we don't really have time to let the Yitzhahara get involved. Rosh Hashanah, Kiyas, says to Hey, you guys don't know anything. The rabbi and the priest met in the restaurant. The rabbi ordered fish and the priest ordered pork. <laughs> the priest says, Rabbi, they make the best pork in town. So we're not eat pork. He's like, you don't know what you're missing. At the end of the dinner, they parted their ways, and the rabbi says to the priest, oh, by the way, regards to your wife. He says, wife? We're not allowed to get married. He's like, you don't know what you're missing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so when it, we, don't know what we, we don't know what we are getting. 
we ha- we only say slichas in the Babich for a week before Rosh Hashanah, four days sometimes even. The whole world, the Sephardic, our brother and Sephardic brethren say slichas the whole month of El. Four and then that's the kind of custom. And then on top of that, they say during the Saturday Mechuva. The ten days, forty days, the ten days between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. Now even our Ashkenazi go go whatever cohorts let's call them say during Aseres It's also a quite involved long slichas, and we in Chabad only say for Rosh Hashanah. So we're cutting a lot, a lot of corners over there. And the truth is, either because we don't have that many sins. Well, because we just know how to get rid of them faster. Um, the fact is, though, we only say sneakers those few days. But a sense of reminds us Hamelach HaKodesh, Hamelach HaMishpat, and all the things we have to add in Shemineser. That's more than enough for us. We don't have to say sneakers too. So you have that sense of you're preparing for Yom Kippur. Then comes Yom Kippur. And Yom Kippur, as Yom Kippur is finishing, we're already starting building the sukkah, we're talking and building, and we're running and we're getting a little of an anesthetic. You're constantly involved in doing mitzvahs. And then comes Yud Ches Tisha, you have the yard site. There's, there's so much going on. Shabbos Bereshis. Then the dust settles. At this point in time, what the Chassidim would call out, V'yakev holach l'darkei. Yaakov has gone on his way. Why Yaakov? Yitzchak Avinu, we know, never left that to sell. Avram Avinu was Avram Avinu. Yaakov went to Mitzrayim, he went here. Yaakov was a Exposed to most of the world. And therefore we say, Yaakov, Halach Ladarki, we are wishing that the Jew, fellow Jew, should go on his way. We are now going and embarking onto the real world, onto the new year. We should go the way of Yaakov. Now the truth is, it's said in the Matzah Chesteda or Matzah Shabbos Bereshis. Matzah doesn't tell us much. Between Israchag, taking down your sukkah and putting it away, and everything, you're already hitting Shabbos, but there's not much work going on. When does Yaakov Halach Hadarke really take an effect? After Shabbos, Bereshis. We say, Matah Shabbos, Bereshis, for Yaakov Halach Hadarke. And now starts the full work week, the first week that you're totally enveloped. <laughs> Until this time, you didn't say Vinayam because it wasn't a full work week on Saturday night. Now it becomes a full work week. Matzah Shabbos starts the full work week, and we say Vyakav Halachadakir. <coughs> but we don't have it in fruition. We don't have it in bepeil. We have it bekoyach. We've said it, but the bepeil of the actual Vyakav Halachadakir. Only comes into fruition on Matzah Shabbos Pashas Noyach. Why? 
Because only at that point have we now completed a full cycle of the week. Of a Sunday and a Monday and a Tuesday that we worked, and on the Shabbos that we rested. So it's only at this point, in this juncture, this point of the, of the juncture that we can now say, the Yaakov al-Chadake is not B'Koyach, but B'Poyol. We've actually accomplished it. The Rebbe brings down a Moshul of Ben Melech, a prince, an only prince. And the father, the king, wanted the child to go out into the world and to learn a trade, to learn how to work with his hands. The child was brilliant. He was, as we say in Yiddish, very gerotten, very talented. And there would be nothing that would be an obstacle for him to do. And so, the child was sent off to go do what he had to do, to learn a trade. Now, in essence, ooh, huh? going off to learn how to do the trade, by the king sending his only child off, he already knew that the child would be successful. There was no doubt in the mind. But bottom line, Meisel Bepeil did not come into fruition until the boy actually went out and did it. This is therefore the V'yakev Halach the Darkin. Although he's saying it, and we're saying it as children of Hashem, and as the child of Hashem, we know that once we say it, we're going to accomplish it. Because Chazaka Shliach Eisish Luchasei, it's a Chazaka that the, the emissary does what he's sent to do. So when the Jew is going to say Yaakov Alachadake, he knows that he's going to accomplish that he's going to make it Yaakov Alachadake. But still, in all, until he doesn't do it, it's not done. And this is, therefore, the lesson of the new year, of the V'yakav al-Lechadarke, that only comes into fruition on Amatzah Shabbos, Pashas Nayach. Actually, also this coming Shabbos, good news, this coming Shabbos, we bench Bahab. Away! And we'll discuss Bahab the next week. I just found it too. Oh, yes, I imagine. That's it. Listen to the story of the Reb Marash. The Reb Marash, as the Vashemtov used to do, would get into the wagon and go for a journey. The Reb Marash once got into the wagon, and as they started journeying, they were passing an inn which they passed very, very often. And the Marash said, stop. Pass the in. He said, please stop. And the Marash went out of the, the wagon, and came into the inn, and there were two children there. Mama, where's your mother? She went out shopping. Vude Tata, he said, he went to do a few things, errands, he'll be back soon. Zogmir, you learned Shintayra? Do you learn already, Tayra? The other one says, yeah, I could say a few psukim and touch them. And the younger one said, I can read Tehillim. He says, you can read Tehillim? Yeah. Yofi. So he says, come, bring three Tehillims. And the boys sat with their Tehillims. 
And the Rebbe, with his Tilim, and the Rebbe started to chant the sing-song of Tehillim. And the children repeated after him word for word. I can only imagine that the sing-song is still the same sing-song that we sing till today, which is, Slam I can only imagine that, I don't know. I know that the story, we told that story already also, during the Holocaust, the children that sang the tune, and it saved their lives. I'd like to take a shout-out, shout-out. I'd like to take pay a moment of, of a tribute to actually a person that I was very, very dear, really close friend with for, for probably 40 years. And uh, I just saw today that he had passed away yesterday, Mr. Levaya, from Shmuel Kunda. Shmuel Kunda. Shmuel Kunda was 66 years old. A brilliant, brilliant, talented person. He put out many, many books, children's books and tapes. And When Zaidi was young, when Zaidi was young, was all Shmuel Kunda. When I used to, we used to make Malav Malka's father and son Malav Malka's in Yeshiva, Shmuel would do us a favor. Uh, he got paid for it, but he would take half what he usually took, because the Yeshiva, and he would come tell a story. And this was a tremendous attraction to the Yeshiva, for the children, for everybody, Shmuel Kunda came. He was a Malamad, he was a teacher on his own. And after an illness, he was never nifty yesterday. So Shmuel, we miss you. The kids are sitting there saying to him with the children. And they're repeating. <coughs> and after a while, <coughs> the mother comes home. But she sees the Rebbe's wagon outside. And she hears from outside the chanting of the Tehillim. So she decides to go in through the back. And she stands in a cabinet, behind a cabinet in the kitchen. And she's crying and crying and crying, listening to the tefillahs of her children, together with Reb Marash. And then Reb Marash says, okay, that was very nice. He closes his tehillim. He's about to walk out and he says, wait, wait, wait. Take tehillims again. And he starts again. Another few kapitlach of Tilim has said, <coughs> and finally the Reb Marash leaves. The children are sitting there with anticipation, waiting for their father. And the mother comes out, she's drying her eyes, and she tells the children, you know who that was? And the children are sitting and she's telling, okay, Abba, father will come home soon. And they sat, and they sat, and they sat, and hours and hours the children fell asleep. It was quite late at night when there was a knock on the door. A feeble knock. And you could hear through heavy breathing It's me, Tate. Open the door. The children jump up excitedly and they open the door for their father. He comes inside and he falls down. They get him to a chair, they get him a drink, and he says, I have to tell you what happened to me. He says, I went to Ivan to collect the rent. I came to Ivan, and Ivan said, Sure, Moshka, come. I have the money in the barn. And I took him to the barn, 
And as soon as they got into the barn, he closed the door and he smacked Mushkin in the head. Ivan was a big zlob. And immediately, like a cow, he tied him up, his hands and his feet. And he says, pay my debt? I'll pay my debt. My way. Where's my axe? And he starts to look for his axe. And he zucht and zucht. And he doesn't find it. He says, it must be in the house. He takes him, he ties him to a pole. So I'm going to get it from the house. You stay there. Not that you're going too far. And he went out. All of a sudden, a few minutes later, the wife came in. And she heard me crying. I said, please. She says, if I let you go, my husband will kill me. So he says, listen, untie me. Run back out to the field. And in a few minutes, when you hear, you see your husband going into the barn, you come running from the field to greet him. So he wouldn't suspect that you did it. She agreed. He's, a, he's after all, he's the landlord for so many years. He's been so good to them. And she lets him out and she says, well, listen, if you're going to start running, he's going to see you in the distance. He'll chase you. Hide in one of the haystacks now. Hide in the haystacks until he f- goes back in. He went out. And he jumped into the haystacks. He buried himself deep. And the man came in roaring into the barn. And he saw the man's gone. He starts screaming and yelling. And all of a sudden the wife comes. What's the matter? What's the matter? And he says, Moshka got away. She's shocked. And he's fuming. He's furious. He starts swinging and chopping at the haystack. Out of anger. But as much as he chopped, thank God Moshe was buried enough, the Yid is buried deep enough. And finally the frustrated Potter, the frustrated Ivan went back into the into his house. As the frustrated Ivan went back to his house, he waited till it was dark. He says, I got out of that haystack and I ran for my dear life. And they figured out that that was the same time when the Reb Marash was saying the Tillam with him. The first time was when he tied him inside the barn, and the second time was when he was swinging at the haystack. And that's what ultimately the prayer of the Tillam, of the children, and the Rebbe and together is what saved the father's life. Well, so you see, at least he got something out of it. Amongst the things of this parsha is the famous rainbow, the Keshes. As the Keshes appeared and shows itself, it says, Zeis Eis Habris, the Pasik says, this is the sign of this that will never come to such an issue again and destruction again, the Deiris Elam. The Medrash tells us in Breshis Rabbah, why does it say the Deiris without Vavs? Because it refers to two generations. The generation of Chizkiah and the generation of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. In those generations, the rainbow never appeared. Why those generations? As Nayak came out of the Teva, the Gemara tells us, Medish tells us, 
He saw Elam Chodesh. He saw a new world. The world was now purified, elevated. After the 40 years of the rain, Forty days. Thank you. And the question is actually, what is the forty days and forty nights? And again, Rashi tells us in the beginning it was out of beauty. It was Gishmei Brach. Actually, if the Jews, if the people of the world would have repented, it would have stayed rain of blessing. And if not, it turned into a marvel. The Rebbe asked, according to the Chazal, only the beginning was Gishmei Bracha. Only the beginning was actually waters of blessing. Afterwards, it's actually a marble for 40 days and 40 nights. And that's what it says, Vayihia marble. So in that case, why does the Torah say, Vayihia Geshem? Aboyim Yoyim. Vayihia marble, it's Vayihia Geshem. Geshem refers to Gishmei Bracha. The rains of war, blessing. So in other words, for 40 days it rained, rain of blessing. And it's explained as follows. The Chazal tell us the reason that the waters of the Mabel came down for 40 days was because the forming of a child is 40 days. And because it was ultimately as a repentance for the children that were formed illegitimately. <coughs> it was not each day of the 40 days another punishment, but rather the punishment was all on the first day. The first original drop of rain was already the actual punishment. But the 40 days was because of, as we said, you see this a lot. Mm-hmm. Now we understand why the 40 days. Even though the first rain was already in the same vein as the 40 days, because this is all one punishment, and therefore the Geshem, which started as Gishmei Bracha, was the one punishment for the 40 days. Even though it was 40 days of a mabul, but still in all, it was all the same water as if from the first day. So we see, therefore, that Neyach comes out of the Teva, it's an Elam Chadash, a new world. The sign of the rainbow is that there'll never be another mabul to destroy the world. Because through the mabul, the world was purified and, and totally cleaned out. But the world will never reach to such a level again that it would need it. And the same thing it says on Gula Asida. Yeshaya, it says that then the world will be a new world. The heavens will be new. Because everything will rise to such a level that it will become an Elam Chadash again. That's why Dafka the generations of Chizkiyo and Rishon and Bayechai. They did not need a rainbow. Chizkiyo, the Chazal tell us, 
Bikesh HaKadosh Baruch Hu Lasses Chizkiyahu Mashiach. David wanted to make Chizkiyahu Mashiach. So in the time of Mashiach, there's no rainbows. And the same of Shirin Bayechai, who compiled the Zayar, the Zayar elevated the world to such a level that there was no need for a rainbow at that time. Now actually, we wanted to talk about the month of Cheshvan, which we are now starting. The name Mar Cheshvan. The month is referred to as Mar Cheshvan. It's also name another name for it is also Khadish Bull. When they teach the children Mar Khajvan, they tell the children Mar means bitter. And the reason Mar Khajvan is called Mar Khajvan is because there's no holidays in this month. It's the only month with no Yom Tif in it. So therefore, it's considered Mar Khajvan, but it's not what Mar Khajvan is all about. Mar it says Kimar Midli which is a drop of water. And the drops of the water which started in the month of Cheshvan. <coughs> and whenever it's written on a calendar, it doesn't call the Mark Cheshvan, it's referred to as Cheshvan. Cheshvan is the same gematria as Yesuf Yitzchak. Which is also showing us the level of what how high Cheshvan is. It's referred to, as I said before, Cheshvan Bull. And in Tanakh it says, in Malachim Aleph, it tells us, B'yereach Bull, wa Cheshvan Hashmini. Since Tisha is referred to as Cheshvan Hashvi, Cheshvan Hashmini is Cheshvan, and he refers to it as Cheshvan Bull. Bull also according to the Aretz Isa Bulin Bulin, which is the concept of the rain. And therefore the Medish refers to this month as a month of rain. And that's why we already started Mashvuruch Merdageshem. And as we know that the bracha that we talk about now, since there's no longer a capacity in the world of having a mabul, therefore any rain is the union of Gishme Bracha. And Gishme Bracha, brachas are all that we're looking for. And therefore as we start the new year of Tavshanai and Gimel, and we start the new year, embarking of year 31 of your life. The Baruch Kale Elyon, it says, that the blessing of Kale Elyon, Kale, is Gematria 31. And therefore, as you are now embarking on your 31st year of life, it should be an easy one, it should be a blessed one, with happiness, with joy, with Simcha, and we should go from this Fabrengen to the Fabrengen with Mashiach Tzidkenu Bekarev. Shabbat Shalom. Adam, everything well? Jump to find well?